Hello again, everybody. We're back. I hope you're excited because we are. We are thrilled. We're emphatically happy to be here. And when I say here, we are recording from a home. So hey, 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 you save all that gas money. But again, as always, Big Chase back at your service. And uh, you are listening to It's Not Canon. I do not do this by myself. No, no, I do not. That will be absolutely. So I do it with a very personal and um, uh, absolutely amazing gentleman that I must say. And if you're wondering, <laughs> if he's lying, he's fine. If you catch him in the kitchen, he's crying. If you tell a good joke in the living room, you're dying. Come across the mind, come cross him the wrong way and you'll be crying. If you're looking through a telescope into a house, that's spying. And if you're selling, I'm buying. What's up, Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, my dude? How you doing today? I'm great. I'm going to uh, keep continuously expanding on that, by the way. Yeah, I know you are. I'm just, you know, me being a dad and everything. I love a good dad joke, but this is horrible. <laughs> Come on, man. Somebody's buying it. Oh my god. <laughs> Introduce our guest, would you? <laughs> oh yes, yes, yes. So we have another guest on today. <laughs> and I must say, I absolutely love this guy. He's great. <laughs> it is the one, the only Chris that doesn't miss. What's up, baby? How you feeling? Well, it's good. And I gotta say, your your intros for Ryan are peak. I'm sorry, Ryan. They're they're too good. They're so good. Goodbye, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be mad because he's on my side with this. Don't be mad. Oh. Goodbye, Chris. <laughs> hey, hey, is, this how, is this how you treat your own brother? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't the family love. Yeah, I, you know, I don't have a good track record of how I treat family. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, but today we are uh, we're discussing a very near and dear topic. Um, it's a very rough topic to discuss. So um, I have the pleasure of kind of leading the conversation. Um, today we are talking about grief and loss. Um, we've all experienced it at different levels of becoming adults, being adults, and they're on and they're off. Um, uh, and before we kind of really get into it again, grief is one of those things that is very natural. And yes, there is the five stages of grief, um, but everyone handles it differently. Um, and you're going to probably hear a couple different ways that between the, the three of us today of uh, how we handle grief um, or even just some synopsis of it. Um, but the more important thing is, again, if you are struggling if you need help, again, please seek help. If you want us to be that resource, I'm not saying we are the experts, but if you just want someone to hear you, we are here for you at it's not canon show at gmail.com. Um, but today we are going to cover the conversation of grief. And why is this coming up so much? Well, there's been a couple of things that have acquired, uh, happened in the past week. Uh, we are recording this episode. Well, by the time you guys see it, it'll be maybe a couple weeks out. I'm not quite sure we're on the small drop. But um, for the consensus of what we were discussing yesterday, um, we lost Bray Wyatt in the wrestling community. Um, he was a young man suffering from COVID with some complications, it sounds like, and end up having a massive heart attack and passing. And that's the, the rumors. Right now, I'm not sure if it's fully accurate, but that's what's going around. 
Um, he was a special soul in the, in the wrestling community. We've lost several actors again this year that at this point in our lives, this millennial crew here, um, we are actually solely being affected by it now and looking at their work um, and going, crap, we just lost another good one. Um, and then, of course, we, we all suffered loss in the, past, in the near and past few uh, of our lives, some more recent than others. Um, so we kind of wanted to kind of talk about how we're, how we're coping and all that stuff. And um, to kind of jump into it, uh, Chris, I know you're... I know I said I was going to go first, but I was going to ask you, you do it. <laughs> Thanks. Let the guests go first. But Chris, I know uh, recently you have had the pleasure of being a young man um, in your 20s, seeing something and experiencing something that Chase and I got had the uh, pleasures of experiencing as well. I'm not saying pleasures in a good way, sarcastically as possible. Um, but would you like to share a little bit of your of your most recent event that's happened this week? Yeah, most recently this week, one of my friends that I had known since his beginning of middle school, uh, he was two years younger than me, uh, passed away uh, last week uh, in his apartment by himself. And it, it hit me hard. I mean, I hadn't talked to him in about two years, but it definitely hit me hard because, like, growing up when I knew him, he lived in the same town as me. He was always bright. He was cheerful. He had he had his hand in a lot of different cookie jars. He was football team, played cello in the band. That's how I first started to know him because I did drums in the same band. And when he got to high school, we became teammates. And he was always so cheerful and it, it was definitely a shock to find out. And I, I didn't find out from, you know, newsletter or anything. It was, I saw a mutual friend of ours post something on Instagram. And I immediately Googled his name to find out what had happened. And I was just in shock. Uh, reached out to somebody who I know he had been even closer with, uh, who's one of my best friends and we talked for a while she called me a liar because she definitely couldn't believe it either and i spent the week kind of grieving and debating going up to the wake and the funeral uh just because it's back up in new jersey and i'm currently in georgia uh but it was it's definitely something that's really hard to experience just because he was 22 years old and to go through something like that at such a young age, it's hard to think of that could have been anybody going through it at that time and definitely could have been any one of us if we didn't have you know each other or other friends who helped carry us through the darkness and I know how I try to get through the grief was the day after I found out, I tried to go work out and you guys know I'm big on working out. I try to work out every day and I went to go hit the heavy bag, which is my usual cardio. And I think I went 
in for two minutes and left because I, I couldn't focus. I couldn't just think, stop thinking about my friend and kind of just spent the day just trying to think of what could have been different and how I could have been that kid at some point. So I'm sure Chase is going to drop some wisdom in a few minutes, but you learn at a very young age after you graduate from high school and college that you are no longer immortal as much as you wanted to believe you are. Um, I think I, I've had that experience where I've lost, granted, when I was going through school, we were also in Iraq um, in Afghanistan. So several kids that I grew up with weren't coming back for that reason. Um, but I had a few friends, um, one um, passed while sitting on a beach. Um, that was the first one. Uh, I was 18 at the time. Um, I had another friend uh, about about a year later um, get in a car accident. wasn't his fault type of car accident, just wrong place, wrong time. And you sit there and you you always go through that like that could be me because in that moment you're you're at the same point. You're at that point in your life. You you could have done something. And with the story that you're sharing, Chris, there's more to it that um, I see that there's a reason why you're not sharing. This makes perfect sense. But it, that it could be my moment happens even in every scenario. Um, Chase, what wisdom do you want to drop into this, to this moment? Um, just from uh, what, what Chris had already mentioned so far is just, you know, how grief can truly affect us. And it does affect us all in different ways. Like it definitely pays a part. It affects us physically and also mentally. Physically, grief can cause a variety of effects on the body, including increased inflammation, joint pain, headaches, and digestive problems. Um, you know, increased heart rates, high pressure, and it could have effects that can cause heart attacks. Mm -hmm. uh, broken heart syndrome is a big thing. Yeah, absolutely. And mentally... Um, it, it, it can overload your brain with thoughts of absolute grief, sadness, loneliness, and many other feelings. Um, grief can affect your memory, concentration, and ultimately the co uh, cognition. Um, your brain is focused on the feelings and symptoms of grief, which leaves little room for your everyday task. Um, so it kind of does make sense when you said it when you went to the gym and you just weren't able to focus. It's just like, Physically, it was kind of like you were inclined to be there, but mentally you weren't. Like you were forcing your body to be there, but ultimately your brain was like, "This, this, this isn't it," mm -hmm. you know. And ultimately, when we all process it, processing loss, it does look different from from everybody, you know. Um, I did, I have not lost anyone that has been close to me or that has been in my age range in quite some years. The, 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 the last person I remember, it was an individual who I did go to high school with. He was, a he was a grade above me and he was actually shot and murdered. So that was the last one. Not something I in, in encountered as of late, but you know, of course my heart absolutely goes out to, you know, your friend's family because this, 
you know, it's, it, it is tough to bounce back and, you know, rebound off of that. You know, um, man, that, that one's tough, bro. Definitely yeah. here for you, though. Thank yeah. you. It, it was just hard to see because, like, all the pictures people have been posting are just him smiling and songs that he liked. And it's just – you ever hear, like, amazing song and it brings you back to a moment in life and you're like, you can never listen to that song again without remembering. Absolutely. A lot of songs have now associated that with this moment and it's definitely going to be a double-edged sword because it's, there's such beautiful songs, but it's going to make me remember. And like, it's, it's a good thing that I'm going to continue to remember because, like, nobody should ever be forgotten. Ever. Well, there is a few. I mean, like, I told you I was fine with Joe. Like, there is some people that we definitely can forget. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there, <laughs> there might have been one that was just surrendered here in Georgia that we should all forget. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> I knew where you're going with this. I was like, I didn't know about that until yesterday when my friend texted me. Yeah, yeah. Um, you need to get her right and find the funny pictures of it. Uh, <laughs> she sent me them. She sent okay. me them. Very good, very good. Um, but yeah, there's there's definitely some people that we uh, uh, deserve to forget. But the there was a saying that goes around that um, it hit me last year and it it resonates every day and ever since my my big loss. Um, only the good die young. Um, and I believe it's a Bruce Springsteen song, but it is very yeah. much the, the, the truth that always the good die young. Um, my father, he passed last year. It kind of came on kind of sudden, ended up with liver cancer. And um, we watched him be this six foot four, close to 300 pound, strong 64 year old man who did housework, did all this stuff. Um the typical baby boomer that we all know and pretend that we still love. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, we uh, watching him digress to literally nothing broke me. Um, my dad's final words in life was I, uh, I was, a, <laughs> I had the privilege of being the only one to ever hear it as I don't want to be forgotten. And I want to be remembered as a good man. And every day I wake up and the first thing that runs to my head is all I want to be remembered for is to be a good man. And uh, it sits with me every day. And I try to live by those words now. I try not to forget them. Um, and the, the stages of grief, I, I love to say, um, I would love to say that I've gotten through all of them. I would, I would. And I don't know if anyone can ever really truly say, and I'm sure a therapist will sit there and say, yes, you, you, you can get through them. But depending on how close you are with those people, I don't know if you truly ever get through the, all the stages because you find yourself in random moments um, back in one of the stages and you realize that you're in that stage and there's no reason for it, but you're in that stage for some, for something that, that triggered you. Um, there's an example you know, I'll give um chris i apologize but something came up a couple weeks ago with someone on your side the family who would not be named um 
we'll use the term Voldemort that will help you understand who I'm talking about. Uh, um, and something was said to me, and I don't typically get offended by anything that comes anymore because I have no respect, no care for, or any thought process of this person, but it triggered me. And the words that came out of my mouth to my wife was somehow I lose my father who was a good man who cared and took care of everyone in his family and the people in his and outside of his family. But for some reason we're left with this stupid son of a bitch. You can, you can name him if you want. I, I don't care because I have a very similar sentiment. Yeah. And, And we're talking about Chris's father here who is one of the most arrogant self-entitled pieces of shit I have ever met in my life who does not care about his own kids. And he, something was said and it just triggered me and sent me back into that moment of my dad saying his final words again. And that just came violently out of my mouth. And I was back into that anger stage of grief. And I I contemplated, am I ever going to get through all this? Because I, I, I hear my, I hear his voice saying those words every day. This is one of the few things I ever took away took from his death is this hat, um, plus his car because he told me to take the damn car, and I argued about it with him on his deathbed. I don't want to take your car. I'd rather give it to mom and sell it. No, take the car. That's what I'm giving you. I don't want the car. I'd rather have the tools. Take the car. I have the car. I don't have the tools. I don't know how I lost out on this, um, but um, I, I I contemplate through all that and I. I I look at all these things that we went through last year and Chase, Chris, you, you guys were around for a majority of Chase. You were there through all of it uh, with me and um, watching it and replaying it continuously. These are moments that will happen. Um, the, uh, the closer you are to the person, the more you'll never forget the person. I, I was really close with my grandfather. I still think about him on a regular basis too after he passed. Um, I think about all the wisdom he dropped. And for the longest time, I focused on the one thing that we always did in my family was think about the funny stories. And, and when my dad passed, we were all sitting the next day at the, di- uh, the dining room table having dinner collectively, my mom, my sister, my wife and me. And um, no one was really saying anything. And the first thing that came to my mind was the, the story that we share continuously. And Chris, I think you may know the story. I think we've shared it with your family at this point. But when we lived in New Jersey, my father loved to hang up Christmas lights. And my father was not the brightest in some sense. And um, we he was outside and my bedroom was on the back deck. And I always had my blinds open and I always like to look outside. And at this time, I wasn't really close with my family, um, but I lived in the house with them, but we just weren't there all together. And I'm watching my dad out of the corner of my eyes hang up Christmas lights outside with a staple gun. (laughs) (laughs) And this man had the lights plugged in. (laughs) And, (laughs) And this man was doing really good, like he was moving quick. And all of a sudden, here's this man, six foot four, about 315, puts a staple in, hits the line, 
sparks go flying. He gets shook. The staple gun goes flying. All of a sudden, I have never seen my dad dance at a fast pace. It's always been slow dancing with my mom. And I would equate to what he did was dancing on the back deck. And all you hear, Adam, all you hear is, Son of a bitch! And then you hear me, <laughs> and just dying laughing. <laughs> my mom comes into my room, my sister comes into my room, and we're all watching him through the window doing this really weird dance. And this is the moment I shared with my family about how he electrocuted himself, putting Christmas lights up and dancing on the deck. Um... And, and it's good to reminisce and think about the good times because that's how you want to remember them. Um, those bad times do seep in the thoughts of the things that were said, the, the moments that could have been changed. What if we did this? What if we did that? Um, but you got to focus on the things that they're going to want you to remember them by. Um, all the good. You know, the bad will seep in. I mean... There's, there's pieces where you feel like you need to bash them because it's part of the steps. Um, you you want to question it. You want to do all that stuff. Um, Chris, I want to jump back to you because I know you have another story. Um, when you lost your grandfather, yeah, you uh, Steph wasn't living with you at that point, right? Like no, that, I was still living in New Jersey. Steph was living down here in Georgia. So the way I'm, 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 I'm going to question you is you were at home with your mom. No, uh, you were in college. It was, it was actually I had just flown in to visit Steph down here. Okay, so, so I, I was but, down here. Correct me if I'm wrong, because it's been a, it's been a minute. But you guys knew he was sick, so you were seeing his. his yes. All right, so you were home, um, watching this from from that perspective. Yeah. You probably saw how your mom was handling it. You probably saw how your cousins and your uh, your uncles were handling it. Um, how, and how did that affect you? Uh, I equate that to the worst Thanksgiving and Christmas of my life. Hmm. Uh, it was the one, one of the first uh, Thanksgiving and Christmases I didn't spend with my sister, uh, who was – Basically, like my twin, as people call us, because we're we're so close in age gap, and we've kind of done a lot in our lives together. Uh, but I was sitting at Christmas, and I hear my grandmother talking with her sister about my grandfather, and she was like, "I heard overheard her say, is." 80% chance that my grandfather was not walking out of the hospital that week. And he survived the odds. Uh, but that was the start of it. Uh, he ended up uh, passing away uh, June of the following year. But we, we all knew he was sick. He had gotten better. And then he started to go into the hospital a lot, like once a month, twice a month. Sometimes he were three times a month just because he was on a lot of different medications that were having counter counteractive effects with each other. Plus he had myosinia gravis and Bell's palsy, which are two autoimmune diseases that attack, the, attack nerves and muscles. So there's a lot of medications that he wasn't supposed to take, but we're going to give him the best chance 
of life because uh, he ended up developing skin cancer, and I believe, uh, I believe there was a second form of cancer. I know he had seven things that were happening at once on the day of his passing. It was kidney and liver failure, um, E. coli infection, uh, ischemic bowel, and the two cancers. And it it took seven different illnesses to kill this man because growing up, he did everything. He, by trade, was mechanic and electrician. He helped build simulators for planes. He basically built his house from the ground up, uh, worked on uh, plane engines, firefighter for a chemical company uh, uh, in New York. And he, he did a lot of things with his hands, which probably caused him to, you know, get toxins and carcinogens that formed a lot of these diseases. Helped clean up 9-11, uh, was probably a big thing that ended up killing him. Uh, I'm sorry, Chris, I don't mean to interrupt, but the reaction from Chase on that one. <laughs> Dude, he sounds like an absolute warrior. Like, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he... he, he he definitely did a lot for that. You know damn well that generation was built completely different than what the baby boomers and the way we are built. That is a, a, a given. That's absolutely, yeah, man. I'm like, geez, this man was a hero. He <laughs> 9-11 too? He was yeah. out there helping people like move something. Uh, like, Can you hear me? Like, like that. <laughs> a lot of my family helped clean up 9-11. My grandfather, my great-grandfather, uh, and my two uncles. They all helped. All of them were firefighters, uh, and my one uncle is an EMT, or was an EMT at the time. Uh, but I know when my grandfather had passed, I was down here because it was going to be me and my sister were going to fly and visit my other brother across the country. Uh, the day I found out, I punched the wall. I punched the wall so hard I broke right here, and it hurt for a while. Yeah, uh, I caused an ulnar gutter fracture, a boxer's fracture. Ah, ah, okay. In there so is the bone that connects your wrist to your pinky. Ooh. Yeah, it was bruised. It was jutting out a little bit, and it's not the first time I've had that fracture. It's very common. Uh. Flew out to Arizona, picked, picked up my brother and flew back to New York. And during that week, we were back home. Uh, I believe a couple of days into being home, my other sister, Ryan's wife, flew up. And it was the first time we had all been a family in years. And I was with my mom most of the time. Uh and I, had, I hadn't cried at this point. Now, I want to stress that a lot. I had not cried. And this was probably nine days after the death. We get to, uh, we're going the week of setting up the funeral during COVID restrictions, uh, cremation, being with family, going up to New York almost every day. Uh, starting to help my grandma 
uh, clean out their house because she doesn't want a lot of his stuff in there. And just, just trying to be strong and help my mom get what she needs to do done. My breaking point was... Sorry. Uh, we were standing outside his firehouse, and it was us, like the family, and his crewmates. And one of his crewmates had passed a week beforehand, so they're kind of wrapping. They're kind of already set up to do a service like this. And we're getting to the end of the service. And if you don't know, whenever somebody in first responders, police, EMT, uh, firemen die, they do a end of watch call. Oh. It's either for retirement or death. Uh, can can you, I, I don't know what that is. So I'm, I'm what, what, is, what is that? So an end of watch call is basically everybody goes on the public channel to where all radios can hear. And they announce either the loss or the retirement of the specific individual. And they'll call their, (laughs) this is hard. They'll call the call sign. I think it's three times and go not responding. Your end of watch. Thank you for your service. And then blast a horn. And when they said end of service is when I broke. I fully doubled over crying. That was the first time I had cried for my grandfather. Yeah, those those uh, type of funerals are no joke. My grandfather was a uh, um, a World War II veteran. Um, and they, he got the full military honors and didn't know it was coming. Um, but they did the whole flag ceremony at the, at his funeral. And when the flag gets presented, it typically goes to the eldest child. And, um, my uncle was provided the flag and, um, as the, 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 the naval officer was leaving, um, my uncle walked over to me and handed me the flag in front of everyone, including the military service, because he knew I was the so close with him and that I was the, the ability to have my grandfather talk about what he did in the war. Um, so the generations of the family actually got to learn more about what my grandfather did because I was dumb one Christmas and asked my grandfather how many people he killed. And that's, how, <laughs> that's how the conversation broke open. Um, and, and he continued having those conversations to educate me because I was two generations removed from one of the greatest wars that have ever took place. And he wanted to pretty much educate, like, this is what happens. And let's not try to go through this again. Um, so that, that being presented the flag in that moment, um, in, in hearing the call signs, seeing all that stuff, I, it is a gut wrenching, gut wrenching moment. Um, because you, you, you see this person, you love this person and it comes really real at that moment that that's it, that they're, they're, they're gone and, and there's nothing, you're not going to hear that voice again. 
you're not going to get to see them again. And this was a way to pay for everyone to pay their respects at that point. Um, Chase, I'm putting you on the spot, sir. Yeah. Anything you would like to share through this story? Yes. So two things immediately came up to mind. And that was what we were talking about, the stage of grief that you were in. And I just want to throw this out there for anyone who does not know. Um, there are five stages of grief. Well, they, they said five or seven, but the seven didn't make sense because I felt like the five encompassed all that. So yeah, I was like, Dude, ooh, I saw that five. too. Right? Yeah, it should it, be five. It's f- <laughs> Most psychology textbooks and uh, medical textbooks only label the five. Yeah, I'm if like, you go oh. online, there's a there's two more that make absolutely no sense. What are the oh, other two? Oh, dude, I'm happy to read them. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> the, the the seven are listed as um, shock and denial, pain and guilt. No, the, these are shock and denial. Okay, right, right. Then pain and guilt, <laughs> and bargaining. Then depression. Then they call it the upward turn. Then they call it reconstruction and working through. Then the last one is acceptance and hope. Right? So we'll stick with the five. We're, right. We're, we're purists on, uh, on our yeah. On our <laughs> and the five are denial, <laughs> anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. Like this, let's make this really easy for people. But um, before you jump into it, don't you feel yeah. like it's like a sequel to a shitty movie at that point? No, seriously, like, oh, dude, like the terrible sequels that always come out of the movie. Like, why did you make this? Like, yeah, oh, dude, I can think of two two movies off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, I think I know the two movies. <laughs> oh wait, wait, hold on. Well, the first one is How High Two. Like, did you? <laughs> <laughs> That was just one of the movies you'd like, hell no. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the second one was Never Back Down, too. Like, dude, oh my God, Never Back Down was like, personally, one of my favorite movies. Like, whatever's on TV, I could definitely watch it. That second one, I was like, mm, no. I don't think I've ever seen it. Exactly. Mine would be Friday After Next. Oh wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. oh, oh, we have to talk about this one offline. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to have that conversation. We might have you to just do offended right <laughs> yeah. the black community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not an offense to the black community. It's just I, I felt like they kind of rushed it. I felt like the story could be a little bit better. That's great. Okay, all right, all right, no time, yeah. no time. Yeah, but anyway, um, yes, grief, people. Talking about grief. Um, but I, I definitely feel like um everybody has that breaking point you know because we we you you initially hear like oh my god we just lost such and such and versus like the whole literally denial like no 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 they're not gonna i just saw them i just i just spoke to them like that was alive and well we see the person there in great health like one joke that i feel like just makes all the time and it makes me laugh but it's so real it's like evil doesn't die easy like you got all these and i feel like ryan says it a lot these older people who are either in high position of Congress and government who are the oldest dirt and have nobody's interests at heart except their own. And man, they could have like three triple bypasses, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, eight, five slabs of bacon and two rib tips and just be fine. It won't go. They won't kick the field goal. 
but and just okay. But you have the good people in life who Chadwick Boseman, rest in peace, mm-hmm. who yep. just wanted nothing but for everybody's, you know, um, in, in involvement and growth, and they just die young. Like it's it's absolutely insane. Only the good die young, sir. Thankfully, we still have Morgan Freeman. Right? Yeah, but don't forget he did some things. So I'm really that that I don't know anything about. You might want to do some, yeah, you might want to do some Wikipedia searches on him. There's been some stuff. Um, oh, but he you still will not ruin Morgan Freeman. I don't care whatever happens. Well, I mean, he he apologized. He moved on with his life. Uh, everyone still loves him. I love him, but he's not one that we need to forget. Again, there are some other people that we could forget, um, preferably people that were pictured yesterday by the Fulton County Jail. Yep. Uh, <laughs> well, I, have a, I have a question for the two of you gentlemen before you continue, yeah. Ryan. Have you ever read a book or a quote and read it in Morgan Freeman's voice? Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. What, see, one of my favorite quotes in life is by Amelia Earhart, but I, for some reason, anytime I read, uh, quotes i think of morgan freeman just because of his narrating voice is so perfect it's uh the most difficult thing in life is the decision to act the rest is just tenacity fears are paper tigers see i'm gonna go a little bit more comedy there everything that i uh, i picked as a morgan freeman thing is the shawshank voice <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> because the way he narrates through shawshank is phenomenal oh uh, so yeah, that and uh, Bruce Almighty. Yes. Yeah, those are the two voices I hear. When especially, there's some comic books out there that there's an overriding narrative uh, narrator who is supposed to be the one. Um, that's Morgan Freeman. Freeman for me. So he, Morgan Freeman is literally just narrating everybody's lives. Right, right. Uh, he truly is. There is also an episode of Family Guy where they pretend to hire him to overvoice something, and then you find out he was too much money, so they hired someone else to voice it to sound like Morgan Freeman. Hilarious bit there. Uh, it actually sound like Morgan Freeman, though. Yeah, it did. really did, didn't it? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but yeah, back to the, the whole, man, we can digress real quick. Um, but yeah, as we're starting to wrap this up, Chris, uh, you, you are fresh. You are freshly wounded, my friend. And uh, yeah. It is a long process. Just know you have the time to grieve. It is one thing people seem to forget. There is no timetable with grief. Yeah, when I told my job what had happened and what I was planning on doing, of like going up, possibly going up uh, to the funeral and everything, they're like, they said, first thing was, why are you here at work? You could have called in. I was like, because I need money. If I want to go to the funeral, I need money to afford it. Uh, then they're like, well, let us know what you decide. You you can just not show up and we'll understand. And it, it was nice of them to hear uh, or to say like that I could just not show up without like really any warning and they'll understand. Uh, but I definitely saw the first stage of denial with my friend uh, when I had told her uh, about our friend's passing and she just called me a liar saying that I'm lying, that it didn't happen. And it was, I, I definitely saw 
first stage denial. And then next day when we talked, her being angry and being angry with her family because they didn't realize what she was going through and listening to her, which helped me get past some of the stages. I haven't really heard bargaining from her, but it takes time. And truthfully, there is no right or wrong to it. it you can go to different stages. It's not in order. I, I hate to break it to you. Uh, I learned that real quick last year. Um, because I, I I accepted my father's passing prior to him passing because there was nothing I could do at this point. Um, so it, it's and don't be surprised if she goes back to anger or you even go back to anger or go back to denial because it's it's hard to believe still to the uh, in the in the stage that you're in that you're willing to accept it because or even get through anger because it, it takes time. Um, you're going to find probably in the next couple of days while you're at work, you're going to be frustrated about something and it has nothing to do with work. It's just your, your process is grieving. That was uh, my first day back at work after finding out. I told people, I'm not here today. Don't ask me for stuff. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not good today. And I sat down and I did nothing. I literally just, I sat down in our seating area and looked out over my entire uh, work. And I was like, what am I doing here? I shouldn't be here. Uh, and just angry that I had to sit there while my friend was sitting in a box. Yeah, it is a, uh, it's a, it's a tar- hard scenario to go through and you will get through some of it. Like I said before, I don't know if we ever fully get through it when we're, very close to the people, but it's good to also remember and remember them on the good times, the bad times, definitely the funny times will help you get through every little aspect of it. Um, with that, as we're coming to an end of this, again, we want to make sure everyone's aware it, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to seek out help for even grief. If you're struggling through it, um, with that, Chase, any final thoughts before I let you say goodbye to everyone? Yeah, uh, two things. And it was definitely want to – it hints at what you just literally just stated about remembering all the good times. And that is whenever I think about or I see that someone's passing, they say they're having a funeral, I don't necessarily see it as a funeral, but an overall celebration of life. Because at that point, it's like us putting to rest them – physically being present on this planet but the memories and the good times that that individual has provided to our lives are something that truly lives and resides within us so that funeral is a celebration of life to always pay respect to that individual to say you impacted my life and i truly thank you for it and the spirit of wealth health success um, laughter, whatever it is, that imprint you put inside of me, it will reside and it will live and it will be something that you will pay for. That's just you know something I see if that's the way I look at it. And the last thing I wanted to say was, Chris, I know we're about to close out, but can you share that photo that um, you had mentioned before? Dude, I'm not over this, man. Yeah. Like, gotcha. There you go. For anybody yeah. who can't see it, it is literally... And I'll let you give the backstory because you gave one amazing backstory. I just want to give a quick segue. So Chris, he scuba dives, licensed scuba diver, I'll have you know. 
and he did take a photo or a GoPro when he was underwater, and it the photo really it, it threw me off because I thought he was maybe like five to ten feet from the surface, but it's not. And it just what I took from it before you go ahead and you can get your entire spill because I thought it was so powerful. But whatever it is, or whatever it is that you're trying to go through your adventures in life, it is not as far away from where you are to achieving it. But go ahead, Chris. So the photo he's talking about is one of the scuba diving trips I took in Belize. It is me 60 feet underwater. And it's one of the few things I like to do when I'm scuba diving is I will turn upside down and put my back to the ground and just stare up and look up at the surface of the water. And it's 60 feet underwater and in it you can see the sun coming through the surface and air bubbles coming up and the air bubbles are the breath that I just took and released. And it's, it, it's the life I breathed out coming up to the surface. And it's one of my favorite photos just cause it's so simple, but so peaceful because when you're that, low underwater you have more pressure on you than if you're standing on the surface you have about double the atmosphere pressure and so you have literally crushing weight on you and just breathing out but it's so quiet it's so simple and it's free because there's nothing around you it's pure open space and to come back from that and when you reach the surface and you breathe the air and you realize you just survived something that would kill you if you didn't have proper uh, equipment, it's one of my favorite moments. And I come back to this picture whenever I'm feeling down to realize that's me challenging the laws of nature and just something that is so simple that makes other problems seem even more simpler. It's like the idea of um, if you were the size of the earth, you could feel the difference between the house, a house and a car, but you wouldn't be able to feel the difference between a car and an ant, something like that. And it, it just puts into perspective of, how different problems should stack up like an argument with a friend versus not being where you want to be in life. Chris, that was really nice. Um, I'm going to take this off screen so I can actually see your faces. Uh, But thank you again, Chris, for joining us this week. Uh, Chase, as always say goodbye to everyone. Hey everybody. Um, As always stay powerful, stay consistent, stay perseverant and just to continue to breathe life into your existence, breathe life into your journey, breathe life into your goals, breathe life, breathe life into your dreams and breathe life into your family. Bye everybody. Bye everyone.